Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But how are you paying, ma'am? Cash or debit? My debit card. Okay, well, where's your debit card? It's not over here. Ma'am, I need a payment in order to let you leave with your groceries. It's, it's right here. It's right here. And it go like this. Push right in. Ma'am, I'm sorry your card was declined. I can't let you take the groceries. Aww, I'm sorry. Wow. What was that, Michael? That's just a cute viral video going around of a mom and daughter playing grocery store. Oh, God dang it. I loved doing that when my kids were little. Whether it was, you know, that or whatever, whatever that kind of game. Always yeah. so fantastic. Oh, I did, too. After hours and hours and hours among my most cherished memories. But I never, like, acted like the card was being declined and denied my kids the freaking <laughs> pretend plastic groceries. I'm sorry. What kind of crap is that? Your chip's not working. Try swiping. Try sw- <laughs> No. Do you have a different card? Although the little kid was very graceful under the uh, the pressure of the incompetent clerk. Oh, God dang it. When my kids used to cook me fake meals on the little oh. kitchen that they had, they'd yeah. fry me up some food and bring it to me, and I would either really like it or say, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> Throw it across the room. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, God. Or they would make a, a cardboard boxes, and they would have, like, uh, a joke shop. So I'd come by the joke shop, and they'd stick their head out the little flap, and they'd, they'd tell make me you, a joke, and I'd give them a nickel. Did they make you a Windex cake one time? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, consult your physician before having a slice of the Windex cake. Oh, God dang it. Those times go by so freaking fast. Oh, yeah. Um, Russia has not invaded Ukraine yet. Some news outlets are claiming progress was made in the five-hour talks between Macron and Putin yesterday. I can't imagine what they talked about for five hours. I can't even imagine. It seems like the conversation would be over in a matter of seconds. Are you willing to tell me that Ukraine will never be a part of NATO? No. Okay. Well, I guess we're done here. Yeah, let me translate that headline for you. Putin, at the end of five hours, Putin wanted Macron to think that progress had been made. That's the sum total of what happened. And then were dupes for going along with any of that? That's what. That's the way I felt about it. Is like, come on, is anybody going to... Any news outlet going to have the guts to say it, you know, even throw in a remains to be seen or something like that? Or are we just going to go with, because Putin said he's willing to consider this or that. That's good news. Progress has been made. Or he's just flat out stalling until he gets everything in place. Right. Uh, several uh, Russian warships sailed into the Black Sea today. Naval Times is reporting. You know, Putin's on the front child? foot. He's on the front foot. We're reacting. That's just the way it is. All right. Uh, that's a stupid story, then. I don't really know what Gawker is. The only memory I have of Gawker is them being involved in Hulk Hogan <laughs> having sex with some disc jockey's wife. Bubba remember? the Love Sponge, as I recall. Remember that story? Yeah, I do. Yeah, really weird. As Bubba watched. Well, I mean, that's its own thing. But somehow Gawker got involved in the lawsuit between somebody and cost, yep. it cost somebody hundreds of millions of dollars, didn't it? Uh, it was like a crazy amount of money. Yeah, I do remember that vaguely. I can't remember the particulars. But, yeah, they're a uh, like a gossip celebrity trashy website. Okay. Well, they did this recently. Um, 
We have Kirsten Cinema's social security number, said Gawker late last night. So Gawker, which apparently is a left-leaning news outlet, oh, yeah. sees Kirsten Cinema, one of the Democratic senators who has not gone along with all the rest, as evil and part of everything that's wrong with America. Because she and Joe Manchin, and in reality a bunch of others, but only she and Joe Manchin have said out loud that they're against getting rid of the filibuster. They're the two that stopped Make America France, that bill from going through. Uh, Gawker went after it. So they filed a Freedom of Information Act to get her divorce papers from when she got divorced several years back. And apparently in the state of Arizona, just the way it works, somebody can do that and get all of the information that you would fill out. I've been filling it out myself. Trust me, it's every piece of information about you that has occurred in your life. But in Arizona, that is included in all the paperwork you can get. So they have every thing every bit about her divorce everything they fought over what it was worth what started the divorce what ended the divorce her social security number every address she's ever lived at everything that could possibly exist gawker has on kirsten cinema how do you like that i think it's awful it is pretty awful it is absolutely awful I mean, there are layers of immorality here. It'd take a while to dissect the whole thing. The records also included uh, inf- intriguing information like uh, Kirsten Cinema's social security number, bank account information, and driver's license number. Surely some of that stuff is redacted. No. When, it, when it's released through a Public Information Act uh, No, request. not in Arizona for some reason. What the hell? Typically, documents requested through open records law come with sensitive personal information redacted. But in this case, the inclusion of cinema's personal information was not a clerical error on the part of Maricopa County Court. We checked. That's just the way they do it in Arizona. For some reason. Yeah. Come so, on, Arizona. Check yourself. So all that stuff was available to Gawker. Now, they did. did so the article said we have Kirsten uh, Cinema's social security number, 678-999-8212. Later in the article, they say that's not actually her social security number. We used uh, one from some popular song that I don't know. But I don't know if this is like a threat or what. But, I mean, they made it pretty clear that they've got all this information. And they do mention some tawdry things about her divorce, which is freaking uncool as hell. Yeah, yeah. And the part, the part that bothered me the most was they go through many paragraphs trying to make a cohesive argument that she's a hypocrite or something that just did not hold up as far hold as on. I'm concerned. So we have her Social Security number. Um, interesting in that she was against... Um, uh, they used a phrase, our are fraying and disappearing social safety net. What? The safety net has done nothing but grow in my lifetime. Fraying and disappearing? Anyway, they thought it was just ironic that they have Kirsten Cinema's social security number since she's not willing to back up social security and other safety net programs. Oh, wow. I mean, how I mean, you've got to be that? a feverish, bubbled bubblehead. You know, only getting your information from MSNBC and Gawker to, to even buy reasoning that ridiculous. Wow. But what it the effect it had on me was just how far people are willing to go to stretch their dislike of the other side. I mean, we, we, we're definitely in a place where the other side is just they're not even human beings. They well, in Kirsten Cinema, I hasten to remind everybody, is a moderate Democrat. She's not even the other side. She's just the other side in one particular argument. Right. 
Which right. is crazy. And as you point out, and the, a lot of the lunatics who buy this crap probably don't know it, there are lots of Democratic senators who agreed with Manchin and Cinema, but they didn't have to say anything. They could keep their heads down because two, two Democrats, enough to you know stop the vote, come out and said, no, we're not going to end the filibuster. So, I mean, there, there are many more than them, or at least several more. And, as has been pointed out by many people, when John McCain broke with Republicans to not reform Obamacare, he got some sort of hero award from some some publication. Oh, yeah, for a maverick, a profile in courage. Exactly, for not going along with the crowd and doing what he thought was right. When Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin do that, they're, what's wrong with you? Traitors to their country. Fascists. Yeah, but I, I just, where are we? So they chased her into the bathroom, remember, not that long ago. And now they've dug into her personal life. I mean, all the financial information, that could ruin you. I mean, that could make your life just a living hell if they find a way to leak that out and not have their fingerprints on it. Trying to clean that up could take you the rest of your life if all that stuff gets out. And then just the tawdry stuff about your divorce, freaking fantastic. Nice politics we got going. Why? You wonder why no decent people run for office. Well, I remember that being the narrative and a solid narrative 20 years ago. I mean, how, now you'd, you'd have to be borderline nuts to run for office at this point. And so they didn't print her bank account or her Social Security number. But how is that not held out as a threat of the next time there's a big vote and you're the holdout? You just keep in mind, we got all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe as a U.S. senator, it'd be easy for her to get a new Social Security number in a way that I can't. I would hope. But, you know, back in the day when we had three networks and, uh, you know, uh, one or two big city papers in every city. Uh, it was a lot better. Granted, there was bias and the rest of it, but the Internet, oh, you, we need to unplug the Internet. Like, I think Adam Schiff is a loathsome human being. Yes. Democrat who ran the Intel Committee and the whole Russia thing. True. But I would never back digging into a divorce he had and, and getting his Social Security number. No freaking way. No, that's disgusting. Of course it is. Wow. Wow. The uglification of America. Yeah, it's it's troubling. Yeah, it I don't is. think it's going to get better anytime soon. Anywho, we were uh, kind of happy that Bill Maher on his HBO program Friday night was certainly on our side when it comes to COVID and masks and all that sort of stuff. I think you're going to really like hearing this from a lefty. We'll have that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. I screwed up. No, no. I ain't going to work. Where's the best place to get milk this time of day, you think? Uh, uh, Grocery store's uh, not open yet. Uh, 7-Eleven? Yeah. That that would be great <laughs> if I had a cow. I, uh, I guess I got used to the store near us being open 24-7, um, although I rarely go off hours. Yeah, convenience store. Although their milk is usually sketchy, but it's better than none. It'll be good for a couple of days. Well, it's got to be good for now. So uh, I just forgot to get DoorDash milk last night, and my kids are uh, trying to figure out how to have cereal this morning, which is an excellent question. Um, So I'm trying to DoorDash it right now. I've seen people, uh, in the absence of milk, uh, just pour like a small amount of water on there. I've done that a hundred times, but I'm a hardened adult. 
Time to toughen up your kids. You know, resourceful. You know, I remember asking somebody one time many years ago. You live uh, in a liberal town. Soak your cereal in Lib's tears. <laughs> I remember asking somebody many years ago how to uh, a therapist type person and asking uh, like how do single parents do it? And they said, well, a lot of things fall through the cracks. And I thought that's interesting, and it's true. It's just you just don't have enough people. You just don't have enough bodies to do everything at the same level. You just right. don't. You do your very best. Yeah, but, well, I'll leave it there. Um, Bill Maher gets crap from the left. People acting like he's changed or something like that. He is not. No, no, he hasn't. He's the same, as he said, pot-smoking, atheist, childless, unmarried liberal he's always been. It's just he's not the wackadoo that the wokedivists are. But his, here's him talking about the COVID on his HBO show Friday night. A study this week from a professor at Johns Hopkins concluded that the lockdowns we all suffered through had little impact in reducing COVID deaths. Okay, that's kind of a big one to get wrong. Last July, President Biden said, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Well, I already knew that was wrong then, and now we all do. The former director of the CDC, Robert Redfield, believes COVID originated in a lab and... Now, our intelligence agencies agree it might have. But for months on social media, it was banned to even discuss it. Look, I'm not saying the medical establishment isn't trying to figure shit out or that they're corrupt, although there is some of that. Just wrong. Wrong a lot. Wrong about lockdowns, wrong about kids, wrong about how you couldn't get it if you were vaccinated. Remember washing our packages? And there's never been any research showing that outdoor transmission is likely or common, yet L.A. County says we're still supposed to mask up for big outdoor events, like we'll be at the Super Bowl. Well, (laughs) supposed to. It's all theater, watching athletes mix it up on the court and then mask on the sideline, not being able to touch a menu, but watching them touch my food. Maskless at dinner while sitting but not standing. How much wrong do you get to be while still holding the default setting for people who represent the science? Yeah, amen to that. So how many so a whole bunch of states yesterday announced they're lifting their mask mandate. Oh, and or not renewing it, which is a subtle difference but significant. More on that later. Oh yeah. Why is that? Why is it significant? Well, because nobody put up with it at this point. If it were not already sunset, they would not lift it. Because my my question was, how much of it was a scientific decision based on the number of cases, blah blah blah, or it was a political thing? They're doing it, so I suppose we better. Or my opponent said this, or. Yeah, nine tenths that. I saw an op-ed the other day that said this from somebody who usually blank. Um, How much of it was politics and how much of it was science? You say nine tenths politics? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when you get down to like the level of children for whom masks are utterly ineffective and they're not at risk anyway, it's it's laughably. Well, if you could find the 10 percent that was science, I'd like to see what it was. Um, Yeah. How freaking maddening is that? It's completely a political decision of which direction is the wind blowing. How much pain will I get from the left versus the right? That's how they're deciding whether or not you have to wear a mask. I mean, that's just insane. I, at the beginning of the, the, the pandemic, who saw this coming? 
All right. the politics around these decisions. I know. So I know. damn maddening. I heard the story today that, you know, cases are still at an all-time high. We're testing, what, ten times as much as we did during Delta? Are you going to mention that at all? Are you going to mention it at all? It might even be more than that. Well, and uh, in words that an eight-year-old can understand, comparing cases of Omicron to cases of Delta is literally comparing apples to oranges. It is a different disease with different risks. That would make perfect sense. If you threw out the fact that we're probably testing 10, 20 times as much as we were before. Wow. So given those two factors, it's truly laughable anybody takes it seriously. Kevin, our uh, COVID correspondent, points out, given uh, Gavin Newsom's recent announcement that they will not renew the indoor mask mandate, probably... And to your question, Jack, about how much is science, how much is which way the wind's blowing, he says, ironically, given current COVID case trends in California, we will still have far more reported cases in a week when the mandate expires than when it was put into place on December 15th. (laughs) That's awesome. Proving once again that these mandates are arbitrary and don't affect the epidemic curve. They haven't. They won't. They never have. That's awesome. You know what happened? Gavin Newsom got wind that New Jersey's doing it and a bunch of other states. Well, I guess we better, because otherwise everybody's going to be asking, when we, we better get on board then. That's, it was politics. It's all politics. As he writes, the order was put in place so it looked like Newsom was, quote, doing something before the surge so that he could end it after the surge and take credit since it would have been worse if I hadn't done that. Right, well, of not, course, it's not true. I'm not giving you credit for anything. We follow the science. All righty. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just got the text from the DoorDash guy. Just dropped off the milk. How long was that? 10 minutes? 12 minutes? Seriously? From I ordered it on my phone last segment till it's dropped off at my door. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. What is the guy circling your neighborhood with milk or something? That's astounding. I know. I'm just saying, what a time to be alive. Seriously, if you'd taken my suggestion and you had, like, a cow, it would probably take you that long to find the bucket, grab hold of the teats. Might have gotten kicked in the teeth also. Right. It's a good point. DoorDash guys almost never do that. Almost never. It's from the 7E, so it might be, uh, you know, I like the 7E. Uh, keep a stash of powdered milk on hand for when you run out of milk. That's not a bad plan. In a pinch, it'd be better mm. to have some. No? I don't think I've ever tried powdered milk. I had it a handful of times as a kid, and I remember it being disgusting. But well, you know, did when you you're... put water in it, or did you eat it like sand? Oh, like that? Yeah, like sand. I snorted it. Because, you know, I wanted to do coke, but I was only six. So, uh, no, I just, I remember it being disgusting. But when you're that age, your taste buds are so right. acute. I mean, you're a super taster. It's part of evolutionary protection for kids. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. I, yeah, that's what I believe. I think I read that somewhere. That I may have sense. made it up in my crazy so head. So kids are pickier out of an evolutionary thing. I always thought it was kind of a... Um, you get older, you're worn down by life. There are so many disappointments <laughs> that your milk not being just right is not enough to break through. Well, exactly. I'm so bitter, it's <laughs> difficult for me to perceive a bitter taste. <laughs> I've always thought the same is true of uh, pregnant women. Yeah, well, yeah, all, all bets are off for pregnant women. Uh, yeah. All, there's all, yeah. Also got this text, then we'll get to actual information. The Iron Lotus 
is the head cutting off ice skating move from the Will Ferrell <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite movie, which is hilarious if you've never Blades seen Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Are there scenes yeah. in there that a kid can't see? Are there sex scenes? Because I'd love to show that movie to my kids. It's gotta, gotta be foul fun. language. It's I mean, a plenty. So funny. Um, Super Bowl is this weekend. The Super Bowl. Thank you. 31 million Americans are expected to bet this year. You know, there's a lot more legal gambling now than there used to be. Back in the day, I used to mock this, as uh, news organizations would say, $6 million is expected to be bet on the Super Bowl this year because there was, like, no legal gambling. And the illegal gambling would be $4 billion, but they'd act like that wasn't happening. But now there's so many different ways to bet. Uh, the, the American Gaming Association forecasted that over $7.6 billion will be waged on that one football game. Hmm. Almost $8 billion. Um, and another stat I found fascinating is how many people, 70-some percent of people, I saw the number, uh, say they will do it through illegal means because they just feel like it's safer. Well, at this point, yeah. Through a legal means or a, illegal means? a legal means okay. but there's so many different ways to bet now why would you do it in a in an illegal way i'm buying a square in one of them little pools at a party i'm going to yeah and that's, that's illegal highly illegal that's not technically legal but well this tale is uh, apocryphal entirely it is made up for the purposes of entertainment and bears no relation to reality but now the serious part of this story joe the super oh, bowl no. the super bowl is one of the most perilous times of the year for people with gambling problems oh Harry Levant, the public health advocate from Philadelphia and recovering gambling addict, is an official with the group. He said the ongoing wave of sports betting advertising and numerous incentives to get people to bet is reminiscent of the tobacco industry's efforts to get people to smoke and continue to do so. You know, I don't think he's without a point. I see those ads, uh, and, and I almost opened an account the other day. I would have, but I couldn't remember our discount code. So you've always felt like you got a, just a little bit of the gambling thing. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, I just, I have none. I have... Zero interest in gambling, like not even the tiniest bit. For some reason, and I have no idea why. I have no idea why. There's plenty of other, like drinking. I'm an alcoholic. But there's plenty of other things that I'm more than willing to uh, indulge in more than I should. But for whatever reason, I just, nothing. Um, that's the, one of the interesting things about addictions. One out of two people struggling with a gambling problem contemplate suicide. Mm contemplating what's the uh what's that number among the general population exactly and and define contemplating um it reminds me though and i didn't know this until i heard norm mcdonald the late comedian talking about it because he was a gambling addict who lost everything he had twice Oy. and he had plenty and he had plenty yeah. multiple times and it was i think it was a super bowl i know it was a playoff nfl game that he lost everything he had he bet Several hundred thousand dollars on a team. Wow. Anyway, I didn't know this, and it it helped unlock gambling addiction for me, in case I have ever a kid or a friend or anybody who's got the problem. It's not the winning or losing. He said the only enjoyment in it is the distance between placing the bet and then the result. That's where the enjoyment of it is. That's where you get your fix. Win or lose at that point, it's like, yeah, I won. No, I lost. But the, the, the thing you're chasing... Is the mystery in between, I guess? Uh, the excitement of what might be, yeah. Anybody who's bought a lottery ticket understands that completely. You buy the ticket, you got your little dream, that little jolt of excitement, you realize the drawing's tonight, that that jolt, 
that of adrenaline and endorphins and the rest of it. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Maybe I wish I got that. I just don't get it. Although, it, you know, it's kind of nice to win, too, if you win a significant amount. But Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like a lot of things. I've decided, you know, this this is, is um, it's a little too appealing in a way. I can feel it appealing to me in a way that might get out of hand. So I just back away. Yeah, boy, what a terrible one. What a terrible one, Gamble. Oh, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Because there's I no mean, satisfying it. I've known people that the winning doesn't satisfy a thing. Right. You can be a fairly economical drunk. You know, depending on what your drug of choice, you know, you can, like, skate along, maybe screwing stuff up and doing damage in your personal life. And I am not I am not minimizing that for a Joe second. Joe is minimizing alcoholism. But in terms of, you know, financial damage, you can avoid that. If you're a gambling addict, forget it. That's right there on page one of the, the job ad, the right. wanted ad. Wanted, gambling addict, you will ruin your family's finances. Yeah, no kidding. Eh, Eh. But I certainly don't. I'm certainly not for outlawing sports betting because of it. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. I just I you know, it's like so many things in life. If we could present people with an honest discussion of it and then empower them to make decisions, then I say you go do your thing. I have no power over you. Why would I? How could I? How should I have power Ah, over somebody else? But here's the problem. If oh, you're in here's a, the problem. Here's folks. the problem. If you live the in a problem wel- is if you this. Do, if you don't live in a welfare state, that's perfectly fine to have that no, attitude. I can have me. that attitude. Hey, you want to gamble? You feel free to gamble. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if you live in a welfare state where if you run out of money and you get to age 65 and you got no money, turns out I have to give you some, whether right. I like it or not. So right. maybe I should have a role in telling you whether or not you can gamble. And there are some, like AOC. Michael, play that AOC clip again for us, the short version, would you? To me, capitalism at its core is not a redeemable system. we got to get more into that quote because there's more to it. But uh, gals like AOC or Nancy Pelosi, if you scrimp, save, and are frugal your entire life and end up with a nest egg, they believe you should be taxed to pay for the people Jack was just talking about, which is morally indefensible. And those of you who have both positions, I don't get you at all. <laughs> I don't get you at all. No, people should have the right to gamble, and we should have a welfare state. Okay. Well, that's a little one hard to figure out for me. So uh, a brief semi-related note. Uh, I will just tell you that in terms of uh, masks, I have been uh, agnostic on the issue from the beginning. I have only wanted to know what was the uh, most compelling scientific evidence. And I have gone from uh, during the uh, like the beta, the Delta variants, where it seemed just intuitively like a good idea to limit the number of, of droplets spraying out of your mouth and nose, uh, to realizing that, especially during the Omicron, which is mind-bogglingly contagious, and, um, and, uh, and this is not about COVID per se. It's, I'm leading somewhere. Um, it's mind-boggling contagious unless you wear your masks perfectly uh like most adults and and virtually every kid on earth doesn't it's not gonna do you any good it's just it's practically useless so not me if i were alone on the moon i would wear a mask well good for you my crazy friend but anyway drew the millennial points out during the super bowl this sunday L.A. County and their utterly unscientific little Hitler uh, health chick, (laughs) Barbara Furr, I almost said doctor, she's not a doctor, um, has announced that, oh, we will absolutely be enforcing the mask mandate at the Super Bowl. We'll be sending ambassadors into the stands to remind people to wear their masks. To remind people, because they forgot is the problem. 
Well, keeping in mind that nothing's changing for the Super Bowl. It's just a continuation of the current policies. Uh, Drew the Millennial was watching the Knicks-Lakers game in L.A. Saturday. Uh, packed indoor arena. Packed indoor arena. At least 60% of the crowd were unmasked, including the various celebrities in attendance. And the vast majority of that 60% didn't even attempt to wear one. No chin diaper, no around the ear, no nothing. So, yeah, good luck if you've been hired as an ambassador at the Super Bowl. Yeah, but nobody's watching the Lakers play whoever. Everybody's going to be watching the Super Bowl. How much pressure are they going to have to live up to their their rules? Without Otherwise, aren't you just embarrassed on the world stage and and exposed as uh, uh, passing and uh, and enforcing ridiculous unscientific limitations on behavior yeah i, I think, I think I, it's going to be wonderful i'm rooting for that in the super bowl i, I don't care about the bengals and the rams i truly don't but i am rooting for every single person either when told by the ambassador and you gotta ask him where were you the ambassador to luxembourg uh, france <laughs> Anyway, uh, if they tell you to put on your mask, you have two choices, my friends. Two choices in the name of liberty. Number one, say no. But you might get tossed out, and you probably spent a lot on mm-hmm. your ticket. So choice number two, put it on. Then the moment they turn their back, take it off again. So perpetually, uh, 80% when, of the crowd has no mask. And then when they turn around and say, I need to remind you to put your mask on. My what? Your mask. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I put forgot it on. again. Secondly, I forgot. Pull it down. Thank you, Sir, Madam Ambassador. Mask, my what now? Um, I, I think <laughs> if if you had the right crowd, and you could get a bunch of people to join you in the not putting your mask on, what are they going to do? They're going to throw out twenty people from the Super Bowl who paid between one thousand and ten thousand dollars for a ticket. I just find it hard to. This could be really be pretty interesting on Sunday. Because they could, they're, they're, I, and I think this will happen before kickoff. Uh, before kickoff, whoever's managing the ambassadors is going to have to make a command decision. Look, this isn't going to work, or we're going to take it to the wall. I don't care if this stadium's empty by the the time they're singing the national anthem. Nobody's going to sit in my stadium without a mask on. If you're going to go full vice principal of the oh, local high school, oh please do, please do. <laughs> Have the vice president for sales for North America for Ford kicked out of the stadium. Exactly. Go ahead. Exactly. Well, the best uh, civil disobedience there is is peaceful noncompliance. And uh, I'd love to see that. Uh, so uh, how hard is it to be woke these days? Here is a black actor apologizing, gushing tears for playing a black role. Okay, I'm it's uh, got to be tough to be woke, folks. You and, don't hate them, sympathize with them, I'll explain. And this on Oscar Day, we'll have to tell you who got all the nominations or whatever. I'm going to hit you or with like a 10-second version of it. Well, it reminded me of a couple of movies I want to catch. Sure, yeah, that's fine. That I actually want to see. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Power of Dog, which I did, I think I'd heard of. But anyway, that's the movie that got the most nominations. The Oscar nominations are out. And you're saying that's a, a take on 
Toxic, toxic mas- masculinity, exactly. It's a Western. It's a Western, All about okay. that, yes. It's, it's actually sounds interesting and dark and brooding and, and probably pretty good. The second most nominated with 10. Power of Dog has 12. Dune is, that, is that a power of God, but somebody's dyslexic or what? I don't know. As the old joke goes? I don't know. Uh, Dune got 10. You couldn't make me watch Dune with a gun to my head. I had to read that book in college. Hated every second of it. Had to write a paper on it. I think it was the worst grade I got in my entire education. Uh, hate everything about it. So, <laughs> wow. Don't look to me for any information about Dune. If you run into Jack, don't bring up Dune. Um, and that's about all I'm going to tell you. They they nominate too many movies now for it to be interesting, in my opinion. In my opinion, they made a bad... It's showbiz. All the way around. And they made a bad decision when they expanded the list. Um, maybe that has helped sales or, or viewership over the year, and that you're more likely to click on Oscar-nominated this or that. So I maybe so. it has that. But in terms of being interested in the Oscars themselves, completely watered it down to nothing for me. Well, they could have ten movies or five or two, and the Oscars would still have driven most of us away the actual uh, you know, award ceremony. But I am aware of Don't Look Up, and I've been meaning to watch that. The previews look hilarious. I, I hate the fact that it's you know, an attempt to show us how we're ignoring climate change, but that aside, it, it looks pretty damned entertaining with so many of the biggest stars in all of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll check that out on the... Uh, the old Netflix. Yeah, I've had friends of similar uh, ideological bent say it's pretty amusing. You know much about Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh piece? Kenneth Branagh piece, it's supposed to be great. I've heard it described. It sounds terrific to me. Growing up in Northern Ireland, as it descended into sectarian uh, violence yeah. and chaos. Yeah. It's the thing he's most proud of, he says. Hmm. Oh, and I see Will Smith was nominated for King Richard. I only bring that up because my, uh, my oldest son, Sam, is going to be 12 here in a month. He uh he's become obsessed with the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. For some reason, he got started on that, and now every night he, he watches one episode before he goes to bed. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so uh, I need a, a little bit of time to bring this up. Sandy Newton is an actress. Okay, I, I can't remember what she's been in. I've heard her name. Uh, she's reverted to her 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 birth name Thandiwe Newton. Her mother was a princess of some sort from a tribe in Zimbabwe. Okay? See if you can follow this. She has a message for darker-skinned actors of color struggling in Hollywood. I'm sorry. She gave a tearful apology while promoting her latest film, God's Country. In the film, she plays Sandra, a grieving professor who finds two white hunters on her property. Quote, my internalized prejudice was stopping me from feeling like I could play this role when it's precisely that prejudice that I've received. Doesn't matter that it's from African-American women more than anyone else. Doesn't matter. I received prejudice. Anyone who's received repression and prejudice feels this character. I wanted so desperately to apologize every day to darker-skinned actresses, she said, choking back tears, to say, I'm sorry I'm the one chosen. So she feels like she should have turned down the role because she's black, but not black enough? Yes, but wait, there's more. My mama looks like you, she said, referring to her mom. It's been very painful to have women look like my mom feel like I'm not representing them, that I'm taking from them, taking their men, taking their work, taking their truth. And she said, colorism has just been the funniest in a different interview. I've been Taking their men? Taking their truth. 
Okay, um, I, don't even, I don't even know what that means. You I, can try all day. You're not taking my truth, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, I got it right here, right in my pocket. I've been too black, not black enough. I'm always black. I'm just like, what do you people want? I do think that any woman of color, whether they are pale or whatever, who have managed to help other actors get into this business, we matter. Whatever they say, black women have watched the movie, and it's really, really mattered to them. I just thank God that my light skin didn't stop that from happening, that it didn't cause more pain. I, You know, look, I've never been a light-skinned black woman in the movies, so I cannot. No, I haven't. So I can't relate to her experience and who's criticizing her and what. But the whole my internalized prejudice was stopping me from feeling like I could play this role when it's precisely that prejudice that I've received. What? I'm sorry, you got to slow down or, or draw me a picture or something. I feel bad that anybody would feel bad for that sort of thing. God dang it. Isn't life hard enough with you're tortured over how dark your skin is? Right. Right. Well, and then in a, in a reality where if someone is uh, so very light skinned that you would never dream for a second that they had African-American heritage. That was Plessy um, and Plessy versus Ferguson. Well, right. You, you would still be accused of being a racist if you said something harsh about them, not having any idea that they were black. I mean, and yet this gal is all tortured in wow. like three different ways over this stuff. Like I said before, it's tough to be woke, folks. Yeah, we're starting to be confusing. We're starting to slice it really thin. It sounds pretty racist, really. Yep. Um, If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.